We're unabashedly obsessed We've got to get it off our chest Please sit there and be quiet Okay. Hi. Hi. Hey, everyone. Hey, everyone. We just uh, sat like 20, 30 feet from from Stephen King. Yeah, we did. um, While he kind of destroyed. It was amazing. Like, I felt the same way that I feel at, like, rock concerts of bands that I really like. Like, Yes. Like, that I, like, not just like, oh, I'll check out this band, but like... I love this band. I want to see what they have to say. I want to see how they, what they play, how they play it, banter, all that. Uh-huh. It was like that, only all banter. Yes. Yeah. It was listening to... So I was expecting him to do a reading, which he didn't do, I which I'm fine with. I, I think was, it was originally purported that he was going to do a reading. That was what, what I, I was And I thought it was going to be like 20, 30 minutes. Right. He was up there for at least an hour, probably a little bit over. Yeah. Um, and... Yeah, so he didn't do a reading, which is fine, because yeah. I've read his latest book and yeah. don't need to hear him read it. And James I haven't. James hasn't read his latest book and doesn't want to hear him read Unless it. Unless he's going to start the first chapter, like right. chapter one, and then just read like... A chapter? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it was really good. He talked about uh, literacy in a general sense. Yeah, so he was receiving an award for... Yeah. Or a, a commendation or something yeah. for... like. Being Promoted. awesome at li- wait wait wait, we have official media advisory that says we do. He is receiving, presenting. No, she will present a citation for his work in literacy. Okay. So, which so I always thought a citation was bad, isn't that? That's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, basically, they like gave him a medal and said, "Hey, thanks for telling people that reading is good." Yeah. And so then he just like talked. Yeah. And I guess he he doesn't usually do prepared speeches, he right. said, but this time he had one that I think he only used as a loose outline. Well, he yeah, he definitely extemporized for like 15 minutes. Yeah. Um, in and sort he, of a stand-up and, comic kind of yeah, way. Yeah, I felt like I was watching a stand-up comic. Yeah. Um, to the point where I was like, if we were actually like just hanging out and having dinner with him, would it be... Weird. Is he going to be? Would he, is he, would he on be a? Right di- yeah. Is he on right now? And I think he was to a point. A little bit. Yeah. But kind of in the way that I feel like we're on right now, talking into a microphone right. versus when it's just like you and I, like driving in the car or whatever. Right. We're, it's just we're basically a lot more same. dead air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. There's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Oh wow, he is a very tall man. He is a very very tall man. He had to duck to get in the elevator. <laughs> did you just wave at him? Why not? I don't think he could see you, could he? he or did he, he wave back? No, no. He was like in the tucked he, back. He was, yeah. You're basically waving side. at that lady, like standing two people over from him. And she did not wave back at me. Yeah. That's why she's not Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. That's one reason. That one reason. Never mind that she was short, old, heavy set, and white. Compa- yeah. Well, compared to him. To him. Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think the white is... She, she, was, right, right. she was white. I mean, compared and, to him and also colors. Yes. We paint with all the colors of the wind here on Unabashedly Obsessed. We sure do. Mr. King got a lot more political than I expected. Not that I didn't expect him to have the views that he has. Uh, Super Democrat, super hates Trump. Right. Which I knew. Right. But I was not expecting it to come up. 
I think that he, it felt like a safe place for him. Yeah. I and feel like he was like... Although, I don't know that that would have mattered necessarily. I don't think it would have. I think... You know, I, th- I feel like a lot of celebrities use their celebrity yeah. to promote their own views. Right. Like, Joss Whedon's... Save is it save the vote? Save, 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 save the day. Save the day. Because I because I it's sta- save vote. the date, like yes. the wedding thing, or the band saves the day. Right, and that's why I thought maybe it was save the vote. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so he's like, you know, hey, don't let this dude in office because he's a, a terrible choice. Yeah. And that's basically what Stephen King was saying as well. My friend Mark, hi Mark, hi Mark, has uh, takes issue with that actually sometimes with celebrities with, using their their celebrity, celebrity to promote their own because he think he he says like they there's they're not they don't give a forum for rebuttal so right. it's like here's my you know I, I I cannot reach to millions of fans right you are just one of those fans so you are a drop in the ocean you can't really rebut what I'm saying right and and I agree with that I don't think except that when that the celebrities are saying things that I agree with <laughs> right. in which case I'm like yeah Joss you put out your videos yeah right. Stephen King you talk to these two thousand people. Yeah. Whereas if somebody came in and was like, pizza is the worst food ever, I'd be like, oh, fuck no, Robert Downey Jr., you are a fucking liar. Um, I think that Robert Downey Jr. has come out pro-pizza. I'm sure he has. He was just the first person who popped into in my head because of that Save the because Day video. Because the first person to show up in the video. Robert, I know that you are not anti-pizza. I don't, this is in no way me implying that Robert Downey Jr. is anti-pizza. We want to come. We want to be very clear about. Very that. clear about that. I mean, you know, everybody can like what they like, yeah. and not what like what they don't like, unless it's pizza, right? In which case, you should like it, like some sort of pizza, or or you can come stand by me and not like it, and I will eat yours, right? Well, that'd be fine too. Actually, do that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If you don't like pizza, come bring your pizza over to me. Yum! I, want I really pizza want now. pizza yeah. now. We should see if we can get some pizza before we leave. Absolutely. So anyway, Stephen King. Stephen King. <laughs> I bet he likes pizza. Um. He basically gave us the impression, or at least me the impression, that he's just like us on this podcast. Yeah. Like, I, and that's why, I think that's why, like, he was talking about writing, what is this, Sleeping Beauties is the name uh-huh. of it? He's writing a book with his son, Owen, that he's like, it's a very long book, and to me, that's like, yeah, yep. let's get up into those thousands of pages, because it doesn't... However, is his, unless, unless. Is, is his son, Owen, just like him? Right. I would assume he probably is. I mean, his other son, Joe Hill, writes in a very similar... Like, right. his books are very similar right. to Stephen King's. And Like, I, I feel like I am reading a Stephen King book when right. I read a Joe Hill book. Yeah. So, I would imagine that Owen King? Owen King, I, I would imagine. I would assume, but, yeah. you know, I don't know. Owen Mountain. Owen Mountain? Um, like sure. Joe Hill? Oh, got it. I'm on it. That, um, that was one that I, I didn't make you wait for the edit to. Thank you. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I don't. Did you realize when I was just not getting the joke that I was not getting the joke, or did you think I was just moving along with the conversation? I think I mentioned before that a lot of it is me just throwing spaghetti at walls. Well, that's that's some spaghetti that I. I it should have stuck. Well, and it just. I feel the, like what was the joke? It was when I said that my uh, one of the CIPYD oh. dogs had serious RBF, and right. you were like, so. Like whenever she's rest, like whenever she's resting, it's resting bitch face. Right. Meaning, because she's a female dog, right. ergo a bitch. Right. And I was just like, right, because dogs sleep a lot. <laughs> <laughs> she's always resting. There's a reason why I joke that James is the brains behind this <laughs> podcast, um, not just because it was his idea. Hey, but I mean, 
It was it was our idea. We were like, we should start a podcast. Yeah, I think you were like, we should do a podcast. I think you were the one who initially brought it up because it had never occurred to me to do a podcast. Well, I mean, I think like it was so like it was such a natural progression, and I've, right. I've just been astounded this week as like the press passes have come through and stuff. Uh, that, like, yeah, that like this thing that we created just basically as a way to write down the things that we procrastinate watching uh, Doctor Who or Orphan Black. Right. We just decided to record them and now we just saw Stephen King from like 30 feet away. Yeah. Because of that. Where I didn't realize that they were going to live stream it on Facebook. We'll share that link on our Facebook group Unabashedly Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Which you should join if you're listening to this. Honestly, like there's no reason why. Yeah, you really should. It's it's a great place. Um, We'll let you in. Unless you're a robot, right. in which case we'll only let you in if you're a cool robot. Cool robots can apply. Yeah, well, any robots can apply. What if it was a robot with like a with like a pizza oven as like a as like a stomach? Um, it would be like our mascot robot, and it yeah. would have to move into my house. May I make you another pizza now? Yes, you may, pizza robot. I'm so happy you let me join this group. It's a great group. Yes, it is, pizza robot. Sadie the horse. Sadie the horse. <laughs> Um, so what I feel are like you, Stephen King would enjoy the Sadie the Horse thing. I, I, I was that was, or he would think that we're insane. Well, and that's also, I was thinking about questions that we might ask him. Should <laughs> actually the exact situation come up where there's a time for questions of the mm-hmm. audience, and we actually went up. I didn't think of a single question that wasn't um, hack or you know, like too inside joke yeah. or. Um, like kind of disrespectful I think the Sadie the Horse thing I think why we like it is that it's the idea of someone not of reading that book several times and thinking the entire time this this clearly woman is a horse I mean clearly horse clearly right that (laughs) um, is so hilarious that it's not it's not like we I don't know yeah I didn't there's a level to it that I think he would eventually find funny I think if he knew how we got there. Yeah. Like, if he listened to that episode and knew how we got there, I yeah. think he would find it very amusing. Right. I hope he would find it very amusing. I don't think I don't think he would find it disrespectful. Right. Had he been, you know, if he was aware of how we got to that point. Yeah. But yeah, I was having kind of the same thing. Like, I wanted to... There was time for questions at the end, and they only he only was able to do, like, four or five. Four or five, yeah, yeah. Um, one of which was, can you please stand still so I can take a picture? That lady, which, that lady was awesome. Balls. I loved her. And, she he, was and he tried real hard to stand still. He, and he struck like a superhero pose. Yes. And then immediately moved out of it, because apparently standing still is real hard for him. Yet another reason why he is much like James. Right. I, I have a tough time standing still. He does. I kind of sway Actually, that was one bit. of the notes he used to get in drama class all the time, was James, stop swaying. And that's why plays were suddenly really easy, because you have blocking to be like, yeah. here's the actions you're going to be taking, and not standing in front of a class trying to recite something. Yeah, I always had a hard time with monologues for that reason, yeah. because it doesn't feel natural. Yeah. And it's hard to feel like you're getting into character right. when you're just standing there. Right. The biggest issue that I had with my monologue in Much Ado About Nothing mm. was that Greeley was like, just stand there. Yeah. And I was like, but I need to be, do- like, I'm already, I'm the only one on the stage right now. Yeah. I already feel awkward. Can you let me, like, move around? And she's like, no, just stand there. Well, there wasn't there an opportunity? This is Much Ado, right? Yeah. So there was a, a setting for you to be doing stuff in. Yeah. Couldn't you have been folding, like, like doing the silverware in the napkins thing or like and that's what I in hindsight I wish I had just done that because just stand there is Cause never she would have correct because she would have been fine well and I don't think it's that she necessarily directed me to just stand there but I was like do you want me doing something I feel like I should be doing something she's like no you're fine 
Oh, um, so it was like a not it was, necessarily. It was the but... scene where Beatrice has just overheard Benedict right. being kind of coerced into confessing his love for her. Right. And so I was hiding under a table for right. that, like behind a tree, and then like behind the bar, and then under a table. And so I come out from under the table. And you know, uh, you're like, say what? Basically, I'm trying. Oh, what fires in my ears? Like that's yeah. how it starts. Yeah. And I just kind of like stood there, yeah. and it was to to date one of my least favorite moments on stage. As much as I loved that play and that role, yeah, it was very hard to just stand there. Right. So I feel you, Stephen King. Yeah. Circle it back around. Absolutely. But yeah, I wanted, I, like, I wanted to ask him why he keeps beating, beating up and killing off dogs in so many of his works. Right. Because he does. Eleven twenty-two sixty-three. The, when he drives to Derry. He's driving through, through right. Derry, and he sees a woman beating a dog with a board. Right. Uh, and there may be another ref. That's the one that like really stuck in my mind. And when I reread it, I was like, Oh, right. This is the book where that happened. Right. I feel like there was another one where, like, somebody kicked a dog or something in right. that same book. Right. Like, maybe Lee Harvey Oswald actually may have, like, that sounds, kicked that sounds a dog right. out yeah. of the way or something. Yeah. Uh, There's or, the or whole... his mom. Actually, I think his mom, when she was leaving one time, was like... Anyways, it, just, it yeah. doesn't matter when specifically it yeah. happened again. Um, I think there were two references... <laughs> yeah, there were two references in 11.22.63. There was the short story where the guy left the dog in the car right. and came back and it was like super dead. Granted, he left the dog in the car because his wife had gone into the store and literally dropped dead. She was super dead too. She was also super dead. Um, yep. And I keep telling, I keep saying like there are instances, for instance in the stand where the, the dog is not only not attacked in any way, it actually serves a kind of heroic role. Right, which is what, part, one of the reasons, one of the many reasons I'm very much yeah. looking forward to reading the stand. Yeah. Because I would like to see him not kill off a dog. Yeah. He, um, he talked about, one of the questions was, do you uh, read books or reread them? Right. And he said what the, the actual, you know, the answer for any functioning human is, which is I reread some books, but I mostly read books and struggle with the idea of my mortality and I'm going to die not having read any of the, right. all of the books that I want to. Right. Um, and I was just thinking like over and over again about like 11, 22, 63 and how that's probably, I'm probably going to read that at least three or four more times in my life. Yeah. And that's so weird that, like, the author was talking about that concept. Yep. It's so crazy that, like... And then, like, he's also the guy that wrote the Dark Tower books, which I read as sort of, like, I would keep... I'd be like, oh, I don't know what I'm going to read. Oh, I have this Dark Tower that I got for Christmas. Let me read that. Right. As opposed to, like, you know, plowing through them like I've been doing Stephen King books this year, which was, yeah. like, an occasional thing. Right. And it's so weird that that's the same guy that wrote eleven twenty two six. It's like... Yeah. He's so prolific. And varied. And varied. He's yeah. written such a variety of things. Yeah, one of the one of the questions I came up with and scrapped was if you could work in any genre, like you know, you do you do sort of your standard like life story and then something weird happens, and then he also does like genre and then something weird happens. Right. What genre do you work in? And I was like, he would have no answer because he'd be like, I do what I want. Yeah. Like, what is he gonna do? Sports? Did it? Blockade Billy. And, like, and uh, the girl who left Tom Gordon. Oh, really? Oh, I Tom the, Gordon was a baseball player, oh, and there you go. she it was this little girl who really loved. Was Tom he on Gordon. the Red Sox? I think so. Yeah. Um, and she like gets lost in the woods, and thinking about Tom Gordon is kind of what like propels her to keep going and get herself unlost. He's such a freaking great writer. He really is. Damn and it, like that sounds like a great book. <laughs> I it, it really was, and it's short. It's yeah. like 
an inch thick, That's maybe? That's the one they made into the pop-up book. They made it into a pop-up book? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was a... It was... It was a very um, Stephen King yeah. book. Yeah. Where, like, it started out... I was like, oh, it's this nice story about this little... Well, not nice, but, like, it's this story about this little girl who gets lost in the woods. Right. And then there's, like... A bear made of evil and darkness yeah. that's like stalking her. Right. But it's not really a bear, except for when it is a bear. Right. Because it's Stephen King. Right, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, this all checks out. Yeah. I I just I was um he he explained uh the Richard Bachman name. Yes. He said like he was, how that came like where that came from. He was reading a Richard I want to say Rourke. I didn't write Richard it Scary. I didn't write it down. It wasn't Richard Scary, it was Richard something else. Started, uh, it started with an S. Richard, like, Sloan or something? Something. Anyways, and listening to Bachman Turner Overdrive, when his, when his agent called and said, we have to get a new pseudonym because your old pseudonym, which it was got Guy, a, Guy Pillsbury. Which was his grandfather's name, right. but I guess it had been leaked that yeah. it was him. Yeah. And he wanted to publish these books yeah. un- completely not under his name. Right. And, and so he picked Richard Bachman to publish his, like unofficial of, yeah. like, because he was so prolific in like high school and then like among his you know official Stephen King books he published under that name because that wasn't it wasn't okay to publish a bunch of stuff at once right yeah, yeah. it was back at the time that they sorry there's a bunch of people getting off the elevator and I thought one of them might be Stephen King I keep <laughs> looking yeah um yeah like I guess it was at a time <laughs> he just when comes over and sits down ah uh... <laughs> Um, yeah, it was at a time when, I guess you weren't, quote, supposed to publish more than one book every 18 months to two years. And right. he was like, well, I have like 50. Right. He's like, Alexander Hamilton. <gasps> he's he like, writes Alexander- like he's, he writes like he's running out of time. Yeah. Except for that chunk of time when he didn't write. Right. They said, uh, hey, we want you to publish uh, one book every 18 months. And he published, you know... And Stephen King wrote the other 51. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, it's it's true. So, really, this is a podcast about just un, un, uncontrollable production of content. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Unabashed production of content. Yep. Um, so, anything else that you wanted to talk about? He gave us a potential James and Aaron write a movie title, <laughs> which we're not going to do right here. No. We don't have time. But he, that might be our next write a movie. And I don't think that we should watch either of the movies he wrote. Have you seen either of those? I've seen Children of the Corn. He wrote, he wrote Children of the Corn. I don't think he wrote Leprechaun. Oh, did he? I don't think I knew he wrote Children of the Corn. I think he wrote Children of the Corn. Huh. That makes a lot more sense. Some, someone, someone just Googled that and, and put, it, put it up on our Facebook page or something. Yep. That's, that's, that's the kind of thing that we get. But I think that he had something to do with Children of the Corn. Google it real oh, quick well, while Google. I talk. Um, okay. Yeah, I have not seen that one, and I have not seen Leprechaun, so I'll be going in. I mean, I started taking notes at this point, because I was like, I can probably work all of this stuff into this movie. Jennifer Aniston was in the first Leprechaun movie. I knew that. I did know that. I've typed C-J-I-L-D-R, and the third suggestion that it gives me is Children of the Corn. So thank you, Google. Thank you, Google. (laughs) Hi, Google. Hi, Google. He said he referenced the Berenstain Bears, he and he said Berenstain Bears, which doesn't necessarily indicate how he thinks it's spelled, but it does indicate that it is not Berenstain Bears. Right. Children of the Corn is a short story by Stephen King, first published in the March 1977 issue of Penthouse. Okay. 
and later collected in King's 1978 collection, Night Shift. That was his first uh, his first collection. Oh, okay. Good to know. Yeah. I should probably I will probably read that at some point. I really think I mean like for as good as as his as his books are, as his novels are, mm-hmm. I really think the the true like gem of, of Stephen King is his short stories. Yeah. Um, I feel like Night Shift also had Night Shift also had The Lawnmower Man, which was also made into a movie. Okay. And uh, Jerusalem's Lot, which I believe was the precursor to Salem's Lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's well, it's at least associated with it because Salem's Lot is Jerusalem's Lot because it's the, how you actually stylize it is apostrophe Salem's Lot because it's short oh, for Jerusalem's Salem's Lot. Got yeah. it. Okay, yeah. interesting. Um, one of my favorite quotes is when he referenced Kim Kardashian. Yeah, Dashian. I don't know. Yeah, he was so he was so funny. Like, I, 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 he was at the same time sort of like grumpy old. I don't like TV, like, old man. Yeah. That kind of rubs me the wrong way sometimes, because I'm like, whatever. But he's also like, we put our kids in front of the TV. Yeah. Oh, that, that was yeah. the other thing. He wrote um, that he used to put his ki- they used to put their kids in front of the TV and use it as a babysitter between the hours of 4 to 6 p.m., a.k.a. the hours God never should have made. Right. And he's, I don't remember who he said said that. I think that was his mother or mother-in-law. It was okay. a maternal figure, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so he wasn't, and he was like, you know, it's fine. And then, and it's fine to like TV. It's fine to do Facebook. It's fine yep. to do all this stuff. He's very active on Twitter. Yeah. Um, uh, he's moderately. Active he's active on Twitter. on Twitter. Yeah, he's active on Twitter. Um, I wouldn't say very. He he goes through runs on Twitter. Yes, where he'll post a whole whole yeah. bunch, and then a few days go by. He's like me. <laughs> right. <laughs> he's exactly like Aaron. Yep. In every way. In every way. But like, so he's not like this like luddite that is not that is not that's like. I don't like technology. Technology is whatever. Right. Let's get back. He he was reading his speech off his iPad. Yeah. I'm sure. He, he just wants to, you know, he thinks that it's important that people occasionally turn off the TV, turn yeah. off the Facebook, and read a book. Yeah, absolutely. And he also, one thing I really did like that he talked about was how if you grow up in a house that has books. Yes. And they're on display. Yes. And your kid, and you know, kids see parents reading. Yes. The kids will read. Like, it's important... I liked what he said. Um, he read to his kids not to build their minds, but because it's awesome. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say it's awesome. That's clearly yeah. James. That's clearly it. a Jamesism. <laughs> well, and and it's not always true. I mean, my like both of my parents are big readers, yeah. and there were always books in the house. And I'm a big reader, and my brother barely ever picked up a book yeah. that wasn't. I think the only book that he ever voluntarily read that was not assigned for school, yeah, and was not a comic which he was still touch and go with, yeah. um, Alice in Wonderland. Huh. And then there was a Neil Gaiman book. Gods and... Mon- Gods and um, no. American Gods? No, it was one about like an underground colony of people living in the sewers. And I tried to read it, and I was like, why did my brother tell me I should read this? This is weird. Neil Gaiman's Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It was called. It was called like Neverwhere or something. Okay. Well, it was a part of like the Discworld. Is that maybe? Uh, uh, maybe not. I don't think I've ever actually read a Neil Guy. Is it Gaiman or Gaiman? I don't I, know. I don't know. He's British. Does that help? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't think I've ever read. I read The Ocean at the End of the Drive, which was good, but I don't think you'd like. I watched the episode of Doctor Who that he wrote. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. I think. Oh, and Kristen was the opposite. My wife was the opposite. Her dad read, like... I mean, her parents read. Like, her dad, her dad read, like, not Tom Clancy books, but, like... Right. Airport. Yeah, airport thrillers. Yeah. And her mom, I think, 
almost exclusively read like instruction manuals for like software. Oh. Like so she could get to learn how to play with her toys. Like got it. And she has maintained that to yes. this day. Yes. Yes. Um, but Kristen's a huge reader. Yeah. I mean, this year has been really tough because she it's the first time when she's had like full time daycare and yeah. not a lot of time to read. Well, and for a long time she had a bunch of like toddler preschoolers yeah. and you can't like when you've got babies yeah they nap a lot right but when you've got three-year-olds who are taking toys from each other and beating the crap out of each other you don't have time to because I, I do the same thing like I would you know when my kids were little I would plop them down in the playroom and I would pick up a book and watch them out of the corner of my eye while I read and that's actually why I read a lot of like romance and like fluffy smut novels right. is because they don't rec- like I can read them with one eye while watching the kids with the other right and I didn't read a lot of like actual literature for a good chunk of time when my kids were little because right. I couldn't right. do like it took too long to get through a book because I right. could only read it when the kids were sleeping when I should be doing other things right or you know like after they had well gone to bed so also when they were sleeping right but yeah yeah but I, yeah I think I mean all of this like like the, the desire to read yeah. is so important. And, like, I, I was thinking when he was talking about, like, how one of my big complaints about our kids' rooms is that they're so messy. And one of the big messes is, like, the piles and piles and piles of books. Your kids? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, what a what a blessed problem to have. Yeah. Like, there are kids that, that have the opposite problem where it's like, they you know, they have the one book, which is the phone, you know. The phone book, or you know, like <laughs> the TV guy, you know, like that yeah. that old stereotype of like the only book we had in our house was the X, you know, the yeah, whatever. And to have the problem of oh, my kids have so many books, right? It's such a nice problem to have. Do your kids have me readers? Have you heard of these? My my kids have what? Now talk to me what what they, okay. what they are. Lorelai got one as a birthday gift from a friend, and we now have four of them in our house. Yeah. So and they have them at Costco right now for like sixteen bucks. So it's like a small little tablet looking thing. That comes with eight books okay. that are preloaded onto it. So it's like those, you know, the cassette tapes that we used to have sure. when we were kids, where it dings and you turn the page. Yeah, it's like that, but yeah. it looks like a, a little Kindle or tablet or something. You push the button for the book you want to read, yeah. and then you push the button for the symbols on each page to skip. Like it'll read the, that page to you, yeah. and then you push the button, the symbol for the next page, yeah. and it'll flip to the next page. Yeah, Kaylee is obsessed with them. We have four of these things now. We have a Disney Princess one, a Frozen one, a Disney Junior one, and a generic Disney one. Right. They're all they're all Disney. I think it's a Disney product. Right. And they, she like, two of these things, the Princess one and the Frozen one, of course, are technically Lorelai's. And Kaylee keeps going into Lorelai's room and taking both the Me Reader and also all of the books that go with it. Right. And she will sit there and do it. I mean, she's three years old. She will sit there and do it properly. She will look at the page she's supposed to be looking at. While it, the tablet reads it to her. Yeah. And then she'll push the button and turn the page. And we have had, like, the, when she's upstairs, we'll put her to bed, and we have had to start setting a timer. She can only do 15 minutes of me reader because she will be up until 10, 10 30 p.m. doing the me reader. Yeah. Which is great, right. and I don't have a problem with it in theory. But she needs sleep because she gets up at like five thirty. Right, right, right. So we've had I had to get her like a little kitchen timer, and we set it for fifteen minutes. And when that timer goes off, she knows that she has to turn the timer off, finish the book she's reading, and go to bed. Right. And it's working okay. Yeah. But because she has all of these books, 
all over her yeah. room. Yeah. We have the same we have the same problem. Like and she can't stack them properly on the bookshelf yet, so she just creates a pile of them on the bookshelf and then they fall over. Right. And it's a terrible problem to have. Yeah. Having a kid who loves to read. Yeah, I mean I think Lila Lila's big complaint about sleeping, and I totally get this, is it's lonely. Like to be a kid and have to go to bed, it's like I, you know, I I don't have any. You know, my stuffed animals don't help. Right. They're not alive. I don't, whatever. And a book isn't alive. But I feel like we're gonna have with Lila when she learns how to read yeah. later this year. Not yep. wood. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed with Lorelai too. Um, we're gonna have the like flashlight under the covers sort of issues that yeah. like I'm fine with. You know, I'm a little nervous about the sleep deprivation and stuff. Yeah, as long as you are getting enough sleep yeah. to not be a complete monster right. the next day. Right. Stay up as late. And that's the problem that we've been having with Kaylee. Is she gets up so early that she's then ready for a nap at like 8.30. Yeah. And I'm like, kid, you got to go to school. Yeah. And, th- and then she will go to school, come home. Half the time she falls asleep in the car on the way home. If I manage to keep her awake, I then have to feed her lunch and... By then she gets a second wind and doesn't want to go down until like two or two thirty, right. and then wants to sleep until six so she can stay up till ten thirty. Right. So yeah, it's a vicious cycle that we've been trying to work out. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. So I'm hoping that Lorelai ends up enjoying reading. She yeah. desperately wants to be able to read, but I'm right. not sure how much of that is because she wants to read books versus how much is that she wants to be able to do this thing that she can't currently do. Like an achievement unlocked sort of Exactly, yeah. yeah. I think she wants... Uh, right now, I think it's that she wants to unlock the achievement. Yeah. Because she doesn't play with the meat readers. Yeah. Two of them are hers. She has done each story maybe once. Yeah. She had a frozen book that had a CD that you put it in and it reads it to you and she wasn't into it. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I... um. I remember reading with my parents, like 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 with my dad and stepmom, especially. Yeah. It would be like, um, okay, now it's time to read. And yep. Like sometimes it would be like, you know, read the read the book that you have for your summer assignment or whatever. Right. But sometimes it'd be like, I'm gonna read. My dad, I remember, was reading a book called Fatherland, which was um, what if the Nazis had won like the war? Oh God. And like it was so it was like present day. This guy was like a Nazi, like some. Um, Subversive, like he was, okay. he was, he was fighting against the system and whatever. Right, sure. Um, and I was reading, like, I was reading my first Star Wars extended universe, expanded universe book. Right. And I was just like, oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. I just remember, like, it was so quiet. Yeah. And just like, it's such a, it's such an idyllic memory, and like, I, you know, I, I, I seek that out still. Yeah. Like, oh, I have a, a time to myself. Let me let me read some of my book. My, you remember coming over to my house? My mom was always in that chair in the living room with a yeah, book in her hand. Absolutely, it was either a book or a crossword puzzle, but it was usually a book. Right. She would do the crossword puzzle if she was like making dinner and knew she was going to be constantly interrupted with right. having to get up and like check timers right. and stuff. But yeah. one final thought that I had yes. that just totally went out of my brain. Oh, 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 I remember. So I had seen, I think Goodreads tweeted something about a coffee shop in New Mexico. Oh, yes, 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 yes. That was doing what they called introverted, like introverts book club. Yeah. And you could just go and you had to turn off your, like, phone text. Like, you could read on a phone or a tablet or whatever. You could read on an electronic device. But basically, you went in, you got your cup of coffee, and you sat and read for an hour. Yeah. And I retweeted that and tagged our county library in it. Yeah. And they responded. They did. They responded, and they said, we'll consider it quietly, (laughs) which was great. 
Awesome. But I, can't, I mean, it would be so great. Like once, even just once a month, have a night where you go and they've got a room with, like, where they pull in some of the chairs like that, like these, like you know, not folding chairs, but comfier chairs. Yeah. Toss a couple bean bags on the floor. Yeah. And like I would, I would have to leave my phone in the car because right. when I have my phone. That's I don't I have a hard time reading lately because my phone is just constantly blowing up with stuff. And if I'm in the house, you're insanely popular. Because I am insanely popular. No, it's right. because I'm on a whole bunch of group texts. <laughs> um, which is not to say I don't love my group texts, but they are. S- he didn't just get off the elevator, no. did he? Okay. Because no. I would chase after him. But yeah, so yeah, I would love to have a place where I could just like a dedicated reading hour. Yeah. Where I could leave my phone in the car go inside and not have any risk of distraction yeah my the thing that the james that i bring to that that i would want that uh-huh. they're never going to do because right. it's whatever i would want upon leaving everyone to have to write down what they read so yes you get, of course you would so i could get like a metric for like oh my god like five people were reading oh just write down like the name of the book they read not yeah. like a journal entry no, no, of... no what they spent their time just oh no i would i would love that Cause like and like and they said even like you can do you could read you could flip through a Vanity Fair you know like yeah it, it's whatever and like I would love that too like oh wow half the people were were looking through a magazine half the people were reading this and then like of that half a third of them were reading the new blah 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 right I would also like a column for you know paper or electronic yeah yeah metric I, I, yeah, yeah metrics and, and graphs and charts and stuff you should tweet the library. And be like, hey, when you quietly do this, can you quietly create a... Uh, here, I, I quietly created you a spreadsheet. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, like, it would be... They could hand out something or some, or do something like like have some... I'd love, I'd love for them to make it like a fit, like official and not yeah. like just like, oh, I happen to be in the library and then there are all these people reading, so I just yeah. sat down and did it, which, is, which would be fine. But, like, I'd love it to be like... And then they gave me, like, a bookmark or, like, they gave me, like, a yeah. something... Yep. Know. Are we good? I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, I think we've got a nice little 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 nugget. A, a, a nug. Yeah. Oh. It's a Griffinism. Oh. Of course it is. I was thinking like a nice hug. Oh, like yeah, kind of like that. Um, you can find us on social media. As we mentioned, we have our Facebook group, Unabashedly yeah. Obsessed with Unabashedly Obsessed. Yes. You can also find us on Twitter at UFO Podcast. You decide what the F stands for. Today it stands for... Festival? Festival, yes. I was thinking Parentheses, of, National Book, and parentheses, Festival. I was, yes, I was thinking of, of a few... Uh, of a word that, that Stephen King delightfully used. Well, over yeah, and over. it also stands for fuck. Yes, <laughs> but sort of always... Yeah, it kind of... Se- it secretly sort of always stands for fuck. Yeah. Yeah. And fucking. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Unabashedly fucking obsessed. There you go. Right. Now you know the secret. Now you know the secret. If you listen to this special mini episode. Pseudo mini episode. Pseudo it's mini still going to be like 40 minutes. Right. That's a mini episode it's for normal us. normal episode. Yeah. You, you can also find me individually at Unabashedly Aaron. And I'm at Unabashed James. You can find us on Instagram. Yes. Unabashedly obsessed. Um, we're going to Instagram some pictures from today. We already have Instagrammed some pictures for, from today. Yes. And we will continue to do so. I, uh, I I tried, I thought about seeing if I could vine something today. I saw you had vine up and I was like, how's that going to work? <laughs> yeah. I don't know that, that Stephen King would appreciate a loop of him being like, fuck. <laughs> Actually, no, that would be awesome. That would be kind you know, of awesome. I'm sad. Um, That's all right. I'm sure that one of those pictures you took, he was saying fuck. Probably. 
we're, so we're on Vine, uh, but if, and that's just at UFO Podcast. Yeah, like our Twitter. it's linked to Twitter. Um, we are on Stitcher and Google Play. And also iTunes. Please rate us, review us, subscribe to us. Love us. Just... We like affirmation. We, I mean, like, we like new friends and... and we and, do. Like, my friend uh, that I know actually through my friend Riley. Hi, Hi Riley. Riley. Uh, his name is Russell. Hi, Russell. Hi, Russell. He is new to our Facebook group. I saw that there was a Russell who had joined, and I didn't know him, but something he posted led me to believe that you know him. He, he was the offline. guy that was talking about uh, his mom gave him Cujo yeah, yeah, yeah. when he was six. Yes! Saying, here's a book about a dog. <laughs> <laughs> had she read it? Did yes. Did we know? She okay. was a big Stephen King fan. Okay. That's, that's right. He did say that. Yeah. Um, and Russell is the exact type of guy, like smart and funny, but also kind of quiet and slightly like misanthropic. Okay. Like he's nice to friends, but sort of, you sort of feel like if it all burned down, he'd be like, okay with that. Right. <laughs> um, he's like my friend Jason. Hi, Jason. Yeah. I th- the, he was the guy that you took he went to, to Mabim Bam instead with of me. me. Yeah. Because you weren't listening to Mabim Bam. You should know the future. How many times do I have to tell you? Clairvoyance is all I ask. And I didn't you. know that Riley and Sydney and all would like. Well, I knew Sydney would be there because Sawbones was performing, but I didn't know that they would be sitting three feet away from me. Man, what if we had press passes to that? That would have been great. They'd have to talk to us. <laughs> Next time. Next time. Next time. Um, but he was talking. So yeah, um, he's new and and like he's the exact type of guy. That was like in middle school reading the huge Stephen book, yeah. Stephen King tome. Yeah, like in dressed in black. He's this gigantic mountain of a man. He makes <laughs> me look kind of like a tiny little guy. Oh my goodness, yeah, he's big. And so, but he's like the nicest guy. And I think I've actually mentioned him before. Maybe not on the podcast, but maybe to you. Okay. He's the guy I go to for explanations of like right wing politics. Okay, like logicifying because he's. I'd say he's conservative okay but in sort of a like here's this side of it here's that side of it i happen to believe this but i'm fine with everyone else right okay you know like how everyone should be so he is your legitimate news source when it comes to politics i I have because none of the legitimate news sources break it down like that i have legitimately gone to him and be like i don't get um guns rights I don't understand it. Can you explain it to me? He's like, sure. It's this. It's this. It's this. A lot of people believe this and this and this. I was like, oh, I see what I see where they're coming from now. I think I, need, I think I need to be friends with Russell. <laughs> you should, and he he would happily be friends with you too. Excellent. We have other new friends. Yes. Um, that have Tim and Leon are not on our group. They're not. I tried to tag them today. They're not on our group. They're not on our group. We so have. Leon and Tim, join our group, please. And now. Please, yes, please. Please now. Please, please join our group now. Um, or else. Or else. I think that's it. Yeah. Thank, uh, l- reporting live. Reporting live from the National Book Festival in Washington, D.C. In the unabashedly obsessed alcove. Yes, we, we did. Yeah, it is. It's the unabashed. We're the only ones that we've seen in this. Nobody else seems to even acknowledge that this alcove exists. Yeah. Like, they keep walking right past us Just and not looking. Show. Not Oh, no. People <laughs> acknowledge us. Russell acknowledged us. He did. He did. You know, nobody who can get us into meet Stephen King. But, but Stephen King was told exactly that story. Yeah, he did. He was basically he basically had his unabashedly obsessed with was Carrie and he went to a book a book signing where five people showed up and four of them were people he knew. Yeah, and one was a kid who was looking for the comic books. The kung fu books. The kung fu books, right. 
Um, well, and he, he talked about how when he saw somebody reading Carrie and yeah. he went over and he was like, so how you liking that book? Expecting her to be like, oh, it was great. And he'd be like, I wrote that book. And she was like, this book is shitty. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, I won't buy that one then. But see... Because I have a crate of them at home. Joke's on her. Why was she reading it then? That's what I want to know. That's, I wish he had followed up with, so why are you still reading it? Yeah, for real. If it's so shitty, why are you reading it? Mic drop. Yep. I thought he grabbed the mic. I so thought that he, he could, yeah, like, no. It, it turns out he grabbed the microphone. He was standing at a podium at the beginning, and then he went over and grabbed the handheld mic. And I thought it, and it was right after a moment that would have been really good for a mic drop. Yeah, although that's super disrespectful, like sound engineers. Oh, and I stuff. know, I know. They should have fake mics that look like real mics. Well, he could have just like held it out and like, yeah, you know, pretended to drop it, and it would have been fine. I think I've seen Justin Timberlake do a mic drop where he then catches it. Yeah. I mean, he could have even just done like a, yeah. you know, hold it into, you know, thumb and an index finger while letting the other fingers go to simulate a mic drop. Right. But, so yeah. So that, that is of, our long way of saying. That's our long way of saying goodbye. Thank you to Jamie Shaheen for our theme song. Did you guys know there's a ladder down here? Thank you for uh, listening to Unabashedly Obsessed. We Wait, talk a lot. We talk a lot. And, and also. Smoking kills. Smoking kills. Thank you.